Check your course. Are you headed in the right direction? Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Isaiah 41.10 We're going to be talking about today, are we headed in the right direction with our life? And who is accompanying us in that journey? Do we have the right person with us? Do we need to turn a different direction? Well, we're going to be talking about that today and so much more. Stay with me in today's show. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered into Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friend, this is Jeannie. Welcome back to the show. Well, my heart is really full with the message that I really want to share with you today. Of course, everything that I share with you is only what God's been teaching me myself about my own life. And today I want to talk to you about checking your course and what pathway that you're on. And in Mark chapter four, and I want to go there. If you have your Bibles, hopefully you do. Go ahead and turn to this passage. If not, make note of what we're talking about and go back and read this later for yourself. But I'm going to let this pioneer what we're talking about today. So in Mark chapter four, we're going to begin in verse 35, and here's what it says. Now, in this passage, the disciples, Jesus had just been with just a crowd of people, and he was teaching parables. Jesus used parables to teach people that would sit and listen to him, so it would help them understand. Now, he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately, however, he explained everything to his own disciples. Now, we see a lot of this going on in Mark chapter 4, and I'm just flipping over because I want to go to verse 35. This is where we're going to pick up today. Now, in 35, it says, On that day, when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So, they left the crowd, which Jesus had been teaching the parables to, and took him alone since he was in the boat. So, what is it telling us? Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. Now, it says next, and I think this is something to really pay attention to, and other boats were with him. Okay, backing up to verse 36 again. So they left the crowd and took him, meaning Jesus, along since he was in the boat, period, and other boats were with him. So there was a boat which had the disciples and Jesus in it, but then there were some other boats that was also coming alongside them. Okay, verse 37. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. So just imagine this crazy, crazy storm going on. Water is flying everywhere. It's coming in the boat. The boat's probably rocking back and forth. This is a terrible storm. Okay, verse 38. He was in the stern, sleeping. So Jesus is in the boat, and it says that he's sleeping. He's sleeping right through it. And so the disciples, they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Well, the disciples, they're wrecked. All they can see is this 
crazy raging storm and they see death, they say, we're, we're going to die. Teacher, teacher, wake up. You're sleeping. And don't you see that we're going to die? You know, they're like, what are you going to do about this, Jesus? So it says in verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them in verse 40, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, he's saying this because he's just taught all these parables. The disciples have been with him, walking with him, hearing everything, seeing everything he's doing. And here they are still questioning, thinking they're going to die. Jesus is in their boat, the one very one that they've heard teach all these parables, the very one that we've seen. They've seen perform miracles. And they still are showing very little faith. And he says, do you still have no faith? Verse 41. And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, this is something pretty incredible to think about that the wind and the seas obey him. And when I see raging storms outside, I think of this, you know, we traveled to Israel and we're on the Sea of Galilee and you can't be there in this so spirit-filled place and think about this moment where they're in this boat and this raging storm is all around them and Jesus just speaks to the storm and says, peace, be still. Who is this man that commands the wind and the sea to obey and it does so? Now, friends, this is something that we really need to apply to our life because this isn't just a, <laughs> this is not a fiction story. This is a true story. This is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that commands everything and it obeys. So when you think about the storms that are raging in your life all around you, I want you to think about who is in your boat. Now, when I read that passage to you, I said that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples, but there were other little ships that were going along with them. And I want to talk to you about those other little ships because we need to make sure that Jesus is in our boat. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in those other little ships. When a storm is raging all around me, I want Jesus in my boat because the Jesus in my boat is going to tell that storm, peace be still, and it's going to obey. I don't know who's in those other little boats with them. The story doesn't tell us. But they didn't have Jesus in their boat. And so we need Jesus in our boat. And so let's think about this. We need to check our course. What course are we on with our life? And who is in our boat? Is our course being charted by the Word of God? And are we holding on to the word of God with determination and not being led aside by other little ships? Are we jumping in the boat? Are we jumping in all those other little ships and getting derailed and going different directions and battling storms? When really all we got to do is just get in the right boat. Because the scripture says there were with them other little ships, but Jesus was only in one and I love this. I love this. So we have to be sure that we're in the boat with him if we hope to make it safely to the other side. 
and if we hope to make it safely through all the storms that are raging against us because the enemy wants to destroy you by all the storms that he sends your way. But it's not going to happen if Jesus is in your boat because there were storms, but they made it safely to the other side. And if Jesus is in our boat, no matter what storm we're going through in our life, we're going to make it to the other side. Now, I begin to really press into this because there's a lot of things in our life that, you know, causes us to be in these raging storms, okay? It might be choices that we make. It may be things that just, you know, are happening against us. The enemy's just attacking us with a lot of things to derail us, right? He wants us to constantly be in this storm. But something that the Lord showed me that's a, a, a indication that Jesus is in my boat is this. For me, for me personally, I'm in the wrong boat if I find myself striving to fix all of my problems myself. Me trying to figure out how am I going to do this or how I'm going to work this out or, you know, and there's all this pressure. If I'm feeling all this pressure in my life, Jesus ain't in my boat. Because, and, and that's what was going on here with the disciples. They're feeling all this pressure. They're like, we're going to die. And there's all this pressure that they're facing and they're speaking it out. We're going to die. Jesus, we're going to die. What are you doing? And they're trying to figure out in their human mind what they're going to do about this storm that they're facing, right? Jesus is sleeping. He's sleeping. He's just, I can just imagine him like just rolling over going, guys, what is wrong with you? You know, you're interrupting my sleep. Peace be still. You know, I mean, like, can you just imagine? And so with Jesus, there's rest and peace. So here's an indication that you're in the wrong boat is if there's strife, you're trying to figure all your problems out and there's pressure. You're in the right boat if there's rest and peace. So you see the opposite there. The opposite of strife is rest and the opposite of pressure is peace. So my question to you today in this podcast episode is what boat are you in? Check your course. Who is in your boat because you need to make it safely to the other side. And come on, friends, I know that there's a lot going on in your life. I know everybody's circumstances are different, but it doesn't matter because if Jesus is in your boat, you're going to make it safely to the other side. The question is, you have to determine, are you in the right boat? Is Jesus in your boat or are you getting distracted by all the other little ships? And maybe you're even bouncing from one ship to the next. And so you find yourself in a place of chaos and the Lord is trying to bring peace and order to your life. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Okay, so we've talked a lot about who's in our boat and are we in the right boat. Now let's talk about what direction that we're headed in. We're going to check our course. So there are many times when God will direct us to go back. So our ship may be going back to deal with pain from the past and circumstances so that we can ultimately be free. Now, anytime that the Lord has us go back, it's not to make us waller and muck and mire. It's because it is important for our freedom. Ultimately, his desire is for us to be free. And so there may be some things that we have to kind of go back and deal with a little bit. Now, ultimately, he's going to be the one that rescues us and delivers from whatever those circumstances are. But we have to actively go back with him if he's calling us to do that. Now, for everybody, it's different. So we have to make sure what is our commander in chief? What is Jesus 
telling us that we need to do for us specifically, personally. So God gives us a biblical example in the story of Hagar of someone that he's calling to go back. So in Genesis chapter 16, we see a picture of Hagar and she's being mistreated and she's being dealt with harshly. And in her suffering, she runs away. Can anybody relate with that? The running away and suffering. And so as she's running away, she stops at a spring in the desert where an angel of the Lord appears to her. And here's what the angel says. Hagar, now do you need to put your name there? Jeannie, where have you come from and where are you going? Now, the angel of the Lord is meeting her right here to what? Help her check her course. Where are you going? Now, he's, he's showing up to redirect her, to redirect her course. In which Hagar replies, I am running away. She's very honest about what she's doing, but the Lord already knows because in Luke 12, 2, it says there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. So the Lord's very aware of what's going on with Hagar here. However, I love that he just, you know, wants to commune with us. He wants to talk with us. He's asking the question, even though he already knows what the answer is going to be. And so she says, I'm running away. The angel of the Lord told her to go back. Okay. So he's redirecting her course. She's running away. She's going one direction. He tells her, go back. Who else do we know that that happened to? Jonah? Jonah, God told Jonah to go in a certain direction. Jonah did not do what God told him to do. He went in an opposite direction. And what happens? Well, he jumps in the wrong boat and he heads the wrong direction and he meets a raging storm, jumps overboard and gets swallowed up by a fish for three days. And after he wallers in muck and mire, what does he do? When the Lord finally spits him out, commands the fish to spit him out, he finally gets in the right boat, checks his course, and heads in the right direction. So let's not bring any more hardship to our life like Jonah did. And, you know, Jonah is a great book. You know, go read that book. It's not a very long book. It's very powerful about obeying God. So again, back to Hagar. She says, I'm running away. And the angel of the Lord tells her to go back. And out of the obedience of going back there, there would be increase. This is what the angel of the Lord told her. By going back, there will be increase. Now, in verse 11, the angel of the Lord went on to say, the Lord has heard your misery. Hagar gave a name to the Lord who spoke to her that day. She said, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. El Roy is the name of the God who sees. God was directing Hagar to go back and face the past only to recover from it. So in my journey, in my story, I personally had to return back to my past as hard as it was and allow God access to the deep places of my heart and permission to do his healing work in me. It was only a work that he could do. I could not overcome this on my own. And this would require taking responsibility for my wrong in the situation, if there were any, and extending forgiveness to others that may have caused the pain. So I want you to think about a wound, okay? A nasty, ugly wound. And doesn't it require sometimes antibiotic or medication? And sometimes in situations, if it's a minor wound, it might heal just on its own in open air, right? But if it's really, really infected, 
and, and there's really a, a sickness arising out of this wound, an infection that's beginning to spread, we have to go back and we have to deal with that wound. We have to treat it in the way that it needs to be treated so that it will properly heal and not just heal at a surface level. No, we have to go deep to the root of it and treat it there so that healthy tissue is implemented at the root of it and begins to rise up. So it has to heal from the deep root all the way to the surface. Why? Because that's a lasting healing. So think about this from a spiritual perspective as well. Now, we were just talking about a physical wound, but I want you to think about this from a spiritual perspective because it's, it's the very same. We have to go back. Many times God sends us back to deal with the pain of that wound because it's covered up. We've covered it up and we've run away and we think it's just going to take care of itself and it's just going to heal itself. That's not the case because only Jehovah Rapha, the healer, can heal this wound, a spiritual wound. So we have to go back and allow that surgery to take place. And it's only temporary. It's only for a time. But what we're after is a lasting healing. And so it really depends on the depth of your wound, the, the severity of your wound. You know, if it's just something simple that you just need to forgive and move on, that's one thing. But these are, we're talking about deep reserved hurts and pains here that are affecting our life, that this sickness, the soul sickness is affecting every area of our life and it's causing us to do things and you know, behave ways and uh, interact with things and allow things to happen to our life that's really not good for us. You know, we're seeking uh, help and we're seeking healing in the wrong directions. Listen, there is a world out there dying that is looking for help in all the wrong places and it's only Jesus that's going to heal these wounds. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Time doesn't do it. Medications don't do it. Only Jesus can heal the wounds. And so it may be a dark, painful place in your life. And it may not be your fault. You may be a victim of whatever has happened to you. For example, sexual assault and abuse is a horrible trauma to live through. It causes fear and confinement. God never meant for you to be there. Satan puts you there. But he wants to heal you and pull you from those memories. He wants to heal you and pull you from that entrapment, from that, that pain and that suffering. You didn't deserve it, and it doesn't define who you are. Nothing that you've been through in your life defines who you are. You are a child of God. And so we need to de-shed what the world is trying to define us as. Okay, you know what I mean by that de-shed. Okay, so there is a covering over us as sinful beings that the world is trying to define. The enemy is trying to define who you are. And so I want you to imagine in the spiritual realm, there's a covering over you, but the wrong covering has been put over you. And that covering is trying to define you. Now I want you to imagine breaking free from that covering, just ripping it off so that your true identity can come forth. That is what I'm talking about. Nothing in your past defines you. You are defined by Jesus Christ alone. You are a child of God. And that's what we're talking about here. So we're going to rip off that old false identity and we're going to let the new identity come forth. So let's just pause a minute and think about this. In a journey back of dealing with pain, you might discover 
great freedom and healing. Matter of fact, I know you will. So don't listen to someone who tells you that you don't need to go back because listen, a lot of voices will come when you are on a pathway, when you are on a course to enter in divine healing, supernatural healing, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. The enemy's going to come at you. He's going to throw all kinds of storms at you. He's going to do whatever he can to keep you from becoming and understanding the full identity of who you are in Christ. He does not want you to be free. And so he will use people all around you to speak to you. People that you trust, people that you admire, people that have great influence over your life. And they may tell you, no, you don't need to go back. You don't need to deal with that. That's in the past. You need to move forward. There is something to be said about moving forward. Matter of fact, we talked about this in a previous episode just recently, not to circle the mountain anymore, turn north. But today we're talking about healing. Okay, that's a little bit different. So in healing, in order to heal, sometimes we have to go back to deal with that ugly pain and suffering and sin. It has to be dealt with. And so you have to talk to the Lord about this. Lord, is this something that I need to go back? And listen, make sure whoever's speaking into your life is pointing you towards Jesus. They're pointing you towards scripture, not what they think, their opinions, but only about what the word of God says and what Jesus says. It's about his opinion. It's about what the word of God tells you to do. Now, I will say this. You should never go back alone. God Always bring someone alongside of you to walk you through that pain and that healing process. It's not a work that you were ever meant to do on your own. So you must go back with someone who can guide you and help you and pray over you. They can help you discover the healing balm that Jesus has for you. But now you do have to, your part is you have to say yes. You have to trust and obey. Jesus will do the work and provide the community for you. And that will look different for everybody. Because community brings healing. You've heard me say that before. And out of the ashes, I promise you will find beauty. And through the process, I want you to remain positive, not negative. It'll be hard at times, but it is so worth it. It is powerful what the mind, we've talked about this, can do to protect your vessel, right? Our mind can play tricks on us. Remember the enemy, his playground is your mind. He's always at work in your mind. He can't touch your spirit if you're a child of God. But he's always at work in your mind. And he's such a liar. He's such a liar. He's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Okay, so it's time for a little self-application. I want you to get your journal, some paper, pen. I want you to write down the things that you're experiencing in your life right now. We're going to determine if you're on the right course or not. You're going to check your course. So make a list of the things that you're experiencing. Is it strife? Is it pressure? That was the example that I gave that determined, helped me to determine if I'm in the wrong boat. Now, your list might look totally different. That's okay. This is personal. This is a personal application process here. So I want you to write down a list of things that you're experiencing in your life. Now, right beside of that list, I want you to make another list. And I want you to simply just put at the top, rest and peace. Now, you can add some other things there if you would like, but I want the top of it to say rest and peace. Now, once you get both your lists done, then I want you to look at it and determine which boat are you in. I want you to determine your course. One is headed in the right direction. One is headed for a disaster unless we 
change courses. Now, how do we change courses? That will look different for everybody, and you getting alone with Jesus is going to determine your course of action. However, I'm going to tell you that the first thing you need to do is get alone with him, and you need to get in his word. Get in his word because that is where you're going to come face to face with rest and peace. To help you get started, I'm going to direct you to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Verse 2, listen, friends, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, where did I tell you the battle was? Where did I tell you that the enemy is always attacking you? Where is that storm raging in your mind? It's always in your mind. What does this passage tell us? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Friends, Get in his word. Let his word transform the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. His word will help you determine your course. His word will help you walk in peace. His word will speak to that storm and tell it, be still. It's in his word that you're going to find good, and pleasing things. You're going to find the perfect will of God. You're going to find the perfect course for your life. So get in the boat. Get in the right boat. Let your mind be renewed daily by the presence of God, by Jesus himself, the one that can speak to that storm and say, peace, be still. Friends, I hope you've been blessed today. And I hope you have a wonderful week. I love you bunches. And remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered and the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered and the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.